glint of something slightly dangerous and slightly unhinged in his eye. You probably have to have that to face Sam Ronaldo, and he has done that, and he's got all the cards now. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM, with Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent modes. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, lads, how are you? Flying at loads to get stuck into, including Jason Jenkins getting a recall for South Africa. We'll get into that in a minute. But first of all, we wanted to touch on the RFU women's contracts, that uh, the story that emerged this week. And for people who've missed it, uh, Ireland taking its first steps, uh, major steps, it should be said, into full-time professional rugby in the women's 15s game. 29 players have accepted contracts, which range from €15,000 to €30,000 and bonuses on top of that. Uh, some of that 29 um, accepted number were already on sevens contracts. Uh, eight players have turned down the offer. Four of those already contracted in England, and you'd have to assume that the remaining four are potentially later in their career, probably in good careers, paying more than thirty grand. Never mind fifteen grand. So that's the state of play. Uh, certainly a start, and you have to commend that, Quinny. The fifteen k number obviously has come in for a lot of criticism. It's very low. Yeah, it is low, but it has to be a starting point, Adrian. Um, you put everybody on thirty thousand or, or more. Um, and it's it, it, it reminds me of when I started <clears throat> with, with contracts, with part-time contracts, full-time contracts, and some people actually turning down the opportunity to, to, to get a part-time contract. It's a really tricky one because obviously if you're an individual and you have to make a decision like that to leave a job or change career or go full-time at rugby, um, you think the money is the, is, is the thing that's probably... Um, well, it's a reality because if those players are moving to Dublin, it's getting accommodation, all that kind of stuff to travel. But you could pick through it and start finding the negatives for sure. But it's it's a, I think it's it's a it's a real starting point, and having it incentivized is, and they have to start somewhere. Incentivizing it um, gives the players opportunities. Obviously, if you were on the 15,000, that you could get up to the higher level based on performance. But um, very similar to when I started, it's a risk. It's a risk for the individuals. And I know some players, when we started, when I started in Munster in 1997, uh, they chose not to uh, take up contracts. They stayed in their jobs. Um, some of them never changed from that position and didn't play a lot for Munster, play, played a little bit the earlier years. Um, but it wasn't there. It, it, it wasn't what they wanted to do. It's a very difficult one, Adrian, here to come in and offer contracts fifty, sixty, seventy thousand euro worth of contracts for 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 individuals because you know it has to be real too for the IRFU as regards um, the game generating a return as well. But <clears throat> I think it's a really good like starting is, point. Where, where is rugby in the sense of like? Does it feel? Do the IRFU care enough about that or do they feel that like the likes of Gaelic football and football are basically passing us by here in terms of women's sport? Um, no, I think, look, I think, Johnny, it's a really good question. And the, the last couple of years, I think, obviously, there's been a lot spoken about equality and uh, in the women's game and um, them getting more support, particularly in the rugby um, getting more of a challenging domestic league, improving that, um, uh, giving a um, you know a good pathway for young girls coming through in the game as well, and and the opportunities. But it goes back to brass task, tax, particularly in a professional game. Um, you have to generate some sort of form of income as well, and and at the moment commercially, 
the women's game wouldn't generate uh, or balance the books, if you like. So mm. um, the RFU have to, and, and obviously with the independent review after the World Cup, there was lots of issues. And I know a lot of those issues were based around the quality and um, the women feeling that uh, they, were, they needed more support and more of an emphasis on, on trying to grow the game. The RFU have taken action. So um, out of that report, and I think Kevin Potts has been really positive since he's come in as president. He's spoken. David Mustafor has spoken about it. And I think a lot of good stuff has happened. Is there still issues? Yes, around, um, you know, the domestic league is, is, is the problem here and the pathway. Yeah. And it's very similar in Scotland and Wales because most of the Scottish players and most of the Welsh players play in England. Mm. So it's not as if we're the only ones that that are struggling domestically uh, to generate the game. But it's a relatively new situation in the last couple of years where the high performance level has increased and you know there's more viewers now watching the game. It's it's on TV more. Um, so it's early part of the journey and there has to be some form of patience. I think the RFU admitted the mistakes they made and I think they came out and they, you know, they're trying now. So they must be commended for that. I think even with these announcements and probably working with Gillian McDarby, who's the head of, of women's performance, I think there'll be certain feedback they'll get. There'll be certain things that they can maybe do differently or change. But by and large, I think it's a very positive opportunity and I'm not surprised that some some of the women haven't taken up the offers particularly the ones in England because it's a risk um, and it was a risk right at the very start when when I was there because I remember I, I know I'm referencing back to then I remember guys who had jobs and were saying I'm not giving up my mm. my job for seven and a half thousand a year and match fees who knows whether I get picked or not I gave up my job because I was a, I was a mechanic and I was young and I wanted to be a professional rugby player. Rugby had only gone professional. So there's some similarities here to the structure and the situation and the uncertainty and maybe some of the nerves from some of the players. Um, I do like the fact, and I think David Nussifora covered that as well yesterday, that even if you don't take up a full-time contract and you're still selected for Ireland, you will get win bonuses and match fees and stuff. So there's a chance there that they can feel like they're 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 getting some money for playing the games as well and, and a financial return. Mm. It's not going to be perfect at the start, but it's it's work in progress and I think um I think it's more positive. Obviously you can pick holes in certain in that's, every situation. That's that's my job, Quinny. That's uh, that's that's where I come into no, it and course, you get to, you course. get to bat them back at me. The the uh, you look at your hope, obviously in terms of games and competitive games and it starts to bridge the gap ultimately between us and some of the England and France of this world. It's very very simple question on this. Like how how easy is it is it to sell to a young girl rugby when like other sports are there? Like how easy is it? And this is well, I, I think, think the same the question arises for I think it's the exact same question if you know, if you're if you're yeah, if you're. I think it's a hard sell for for any kid at the moment exactly, in some respects. Exactly, so I'm like, exactly. if if I'm if I'm an aspiring sports girl, maybe I I don't want to play rugby. Maybe I want to play um, football, hurling, or camogie. Maybe I want to play soccer. I don't know. So I think you know it's it's not straightforward for the IRFU either just to throw money at it. I don't think that that I think that's a boy or girl question. To be honest, from my experience, I want to move on to talk about a, a couple of other things. One of them being the uh, news this morning that Jason Jenkins is in the uh, South Africa squad um, for their tour up here. In the next few weeks, Quinny, we we keep touching on this every week that uh, Jason Jenkins star continues to rise and rise and rise, and I know that uh, 
we've chatted about it before, but Munster obviously uh, kicking themselves that they probably had a good idea of the quality of this guy. An injury obviously hampered him to a point, but um, and it might not be that he gets into the 23, but another step up the uh, the rung for Jason Jenkins. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's no great surprise. I think, um, obviously, Jack Meenenbar and, and Rassi Erasmus. Um, and there's a bit of meta to their madness here um, that they're bringing someone into their squad who's obviously working with the vast majority of these players. And I know Rassi always is trying to think outside the box like that. Can he get any uh, piece of information? Um, there's, they're going to be meeting each other in a World Cup next year. Um, and also, he's played well. Jason Jenkins has played well. Um, obviously, you know, his progress in Munster wasn't just hampered. It was non-existent, really, because of of the injuries. And, and that's just a bit of luck. They couldn't keep him. They had young seconders coming through. Leinster were looking for someone of that profile, a big physical player. And I think, you know, obviously, there's been a, lot, a fair bit of talk about um, adding a little bit more bulk, bulk to an already outstanding pack of forwards. So um, he's done very well for him, but it's not a surprise because I think if you're Rassi Rasmus, you're Jack Meenenberg, you're thinking he's playing well, he's based in Ireland, he's working with these guys every day. What can we learn from him as well? Is, and, is it um, only but, about that then, Quinny, as opposed to... No, I think he's... I don't know. I, I He's played well. Um, let's be honest. He's, play, he's played really well and he's a very physical player and he's big... But I just think he's 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 bigger tests to come in Europe when when he goes in Europe and stuff like that. It's a bigger test. Um, I'm not entirely convinced at the moment that he's going to be unbelievable and he's this high ceiling uh, that's that can be brilliant. But that's not me saying that he's not this brilliant player. But I just think he needs to play more games, and if he can do it in 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 your big European game and consistently, well then. He's he's the real deal. Um, he certainly has the potential because physically he's a specimen, and um, it's not so. It's not the only reason he's been called in to, to pick his brains because he's working with James Ryan and Caelan Doris and Porter and Burlong and these guys, and even Dan Sheen throwing the ball into the lineup. No, he's he deserves to be there, but um, but it does not I harm. Think it, it's it's a great help for them, really, isn't it? Yeah. Just in terms of the games this weekend, uh, Leinster Scarlets tonight, uh, Munster Ulster at Thoman tomorrow evening, and Connacht and the Ospreys later on that night. Just on the Munster Munster Ulster game, particularly um, after the Bulls game, obviously a couple of weeks ago, and making something of a stand, I would say for sixty minutes or more at the Aviva last weekend. How big of a staging post is it again now against Ulster, and uh, how important that Munster get the win? Well. <laughs> It goes without saying the importance of getting a win. They've won two out of six. Um, they're ten points behind Ulster. So I know Dan McFarlane won't, won't want me saying this, but it's not a, the be-all and end-all of for Ulster winning. Um, it's a game away from home. They'll be disappointed um, what happened last week with the illness and stuff um, after a really good win the week before. So they've shown they can go on the road and they're improving all the time. Ulster, they've been brilliant this year. Um, obviously they're going to miss a number in their, inter- their internationals as well and a few injuries and who knows what, what the effect of the illness last week will have them and the travel but Munster down to the bare bones again you know they've more injuries from last week as well as the internationals being away um, so it's uh, John John Klein uh, is, a, is a doubt Thomas Ahern is a doubt um, 
they've, they've you know so many players away there's talks that Simon Zebo Mike Haley be, might be back which will bolster their back three options but um, yeah I think they can take a little bit out from last week that was the concern going into the game that it would be a number of steps backwards um, they lack the quality at times to to hurt Leinster but they fired some shots and I think people were pleased with that um, you say people what's the, what's the crowd like to say if, if they lose to Ulster like where where is the crowd's patience in terms of the project um, it's been tested at the start of the season Johnny but I think people are being realistic mm. when you see the quality out in the field and you know 21 22 players injured um, they don't have the same depth as, as, as Leinster will very few have mm. Um, so there's patience there but I think this becomes a serious enough situation if they lose tomorrow evening against Ulster because I think they're, they're, they're it's it's like a Champions League qualification uh, scenario now for Munster it isn't about winning trophies it's about trying to get into that 6-7-8 position in the league come the end of the season and uh, it would be catastrophic if they didn't get into Europe so They've got to just start finding a way to win these games that their backs are against the wall and they're not helped by the injuries, things that are going on. Um, but this is this is one they've got to find some sort of a way against a very good Ulster side, squad as well, um, who will be you know still con- pretty confident about, about what they've got to go and do. But I'm sure, like Ulster, are liking the hierarchy of maybe being the second best team in Ireland and maybe shoving it in their faces as well a bit, like. Yeah, and they look. They've they they beat they beat Munster so convincingly in in, in um, that quarter final clash back in in the end of May. So um, yeah, it's 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 a big game for both sides. I think um, I don't. We won't have teams till the afternoon, but Munster are definitely down to the pair bones again, and they've just got to find a way through this tough period. And um, I think if they. It's a bit different. You know, the expectation going to Dublin last week was totally different because you look at the team selections and stuff like that. But um, this one will be a bit more demanding. When you ask me about the fans' patience, they they'll be a bit more demanding about getting a result at home tomorrow. Uh, Connacht off to the Ospreys, obviously in the back of the Scarlets game, could be a bit of a, a turning point for them as well. Big, a big turning point. I thought they, you know, they were outstanding. Now, to be fair, Scarlets have been dreadful. Um, but they were there for the taking and Ulster are, are kind of the way they started the game last week um, you can see that they've got a bit of zip in their performances again after a really tough start themselves being on the road in South Africa away to Ulster in the first game uh, but they're down in 14th and they've they've won two out of out of six as well um, I, I think this is this is one now they have to go and make a statement over in, in Wales They'll be missing their 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 Welsh internationals, is my understanding. Um, and Connacht are not as hampered, obviously. Finley Bealham will be gone, Mac Hansen will be gone, Dave Heffernan. But other than that, um, they've they'll probably have the core group of of uh, of their team fairly settled. And uh, this is where they've got to start picking up wins on the road and push themselves up that table as well, because they're in a similar position. Andy Friend will be wanting to get into Europe as well and get up near those playoff positions after a really, really difficult start. Yeah, and I presume Leinster is barely... I mean, the, the Leinster kids is the only caveat possibly, but uh, straightforward enough against the Scarlets. Um, yeah, I looked at the Scarlets team and it's 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 stretched bare. There's a lot of young players in there as well. Um, it's probably the back line that looks... 
you know, there's a couple of young players in there from the academy. But their forward pack looks strong. If you look at Deegan, Penny and Ruddock in the back row, Jenkins, Ross Maloney, that's a, a pretty serious back five that you can that, that they can pick. Um so yeah, you'd expect them to be able to go on the road there and get a result. But it's a little bit unknown with all the internationals away for both sides and um uh Scarlets have been, you know, dreadful really. They've won one game out of six, so um you think Leinster can go on the road there and get a result and should do and probably show us more examples of some of these young players that are coming through. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the games over the weekend. Thanks, Quinny. Cheers, lad. Thanks. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.